and uh, so it is cold outside, but uh, man, we're so glad that you're here this morning. Uh, do want to make like, you guys aware that, um, that after, immediately after this, uh, uh, this service, we have a new class that starts, a new Bible study that starts called The Wilderness. And uh, our teaching team's going to take us through the, uh, the, the Israelites, their journey to the promised land, and all these incredible stories about how God was faithful to them, even when they weren't faithful to him. And so we really want to encourage you to, uh, to go to that. You're already here, okay? So what's another hour? And uh, it may actually warm up in that hour. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a weatherman. Uh, my guess is as good as theirs. I promise you that. Uh, but anyway, so we got that. Also, we, uh, we had these journals kind of around. Uh, we, we kicked off a new series last week. And so if you want to take notes, I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, just to jot down some thoughts that uh, maybe God reveals to you as we're going through his word. And I also want to encourage you to use this during the week. Um, we were in Philippians 1 last week. We're going to be in Philippians 1 this week. And hello, we're going to be in Philippians 1 next week. And so I want to encourage you that this week uh, that you would read Philippians chapter 1 three times and uh, circle the different names or characteristics of God, uh, look for some promises, some commands, and, uh, and just see what God would reveal to you and, and take one of those pages and just write down, make a list of all the different names and characteristics of God that there is. And, and then you would choose one say, God, I really need you to be this for me this week. And then spend some time thinking about how has God been that for you in the past? And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he will show up again. And it's so good to write those down so that next time you need him to be that, you can go back to your journal and say, oh yeah, I remember that day. So those, what they, those are there for. So uh, well, last week, as I said, we started this, uh, this journey through Philippians uh, called uh, True Confidence. And there, there's a lot of things that we can put our confidence in, you know, that makes us feel more self-confident, more confident in our abilities. But when you really think about those things, maybe it's a job, a title, an income, your appearance, your health, whatever it is, a relationship, a friendship, those things that make us feel more confident are all temporary at best, and the only sure thing that we have really to place our confidence in is our relationship with Jesus because he's the one thing that lasts forever and he's the one thing that gives us true confidence as we're going to uh, see throughout this series. Now, today we're gonna look at, this, uh, look at the word courage, okay? And, and when you think about the word encourage, okay, uh, what, what comes to mind? You know, when you think about the word of, or, or, or the act of encouraging somebody, you know, we, we, we think about phrases like, oh, I, you know, I love your outfit today, or, you know, is that a new coat? I love that coat that looks great on you. And you're like, no, I just hadn't needed it in three years. Um, so, or, or we think of phrases like, oh, your house is beautiful, or, you know, fantastic job, great job, or your kids are so well behaved. And, uh, you know, we think of that as encouragement. But when you look at the word encourage, obviously the root word is, is, is courage, but the prefix in means to put in or, or, or to, to be the cause of. And, and so what we're going to see today is the Apostle Paul uh, writing to the church at Philippi, and he's going to put courage in them. He's going to cause them to have 
courage. And, and hopefully, prayerfully, you and I will also, through experiencing Jesus today, that the Holy Spirit would put courage in us. And so three things we see about Paul's courage. I hope you'll jot them down here. Three things we see about Paul's courage today. We see that Paul's courage is contagious. Uh, we see that Paul's courage is, uh, is confident in, in opposition. And we see that Paul's courage comes from Christ. So it's contagious, it's confident in opposition, and it comes from Christ. So if you have your Bibles this morning, I want to uh, encourage you uh, to turn to Philippians chapter one. We're gonna be there for 13 weeks, not in chapter one. Uh, we could be, uh, but, uh, but the book of Philippians, so you can mark that, leave that, and come back to it. But Philippians is where we're gonna be. Now, a little background, so we're all on, on the same page. If you and I are gonna gain courage from the gospel, then we all of us have to have a, an understanding of what the gospel is. And to make sure we're all on the same page, when we say gospel around here, we're not talking about, you know, raising a hand, signing a card, walking an aisle, you know, that kind of, I hear the gospel once and then I'm done with it. <clears throat> but what, what, when we talk about the gospel around here, what we're talking about is that Jesus came to live the life that, you know, we can't live, okay? That's God's law perfectly. That he came to live the life that we can't live and die the death that we deserve for not living out God's law perfectly. And that through faith in Jesus and his life, death, and resurrection, that we have forgiveness of sin and we have the promise of eternal life, that we get to be with, be with Jesus forever, okay? Now, it's faith, um, not in our works, but it's faith in the works of Jesus for us, okay? Now, our works, and, and there should be the things that we do as Christians, but our works follow belief that everything that we do as Christians are done out of gratitude because of all that Jesus has done for us. But our performance, our ability, our works have nothing to do with the, with the forgiveness of sin. That is all God. God does all the work, all the saving, all the changing, all the transforming. And so when we talk about the gospel, that's what we're talking about. So this morning, uh, just a little partic audience participation, just to kind of get us warmed up and ready this morning for where we're going. Uh, let, let me just ask you this, and just kind of raise your hand if, this, if, if you would find this to be true. How many of you uh, know someone who needs to hear and experience the gospel? Maybe, it, maybe it's a, a, a family member, a friend, a neighbor, a coworker, a teammate, classmate, whatever. How many of you know someone who needs to hear and experience the gospel of Jesus Christ? I mean, keep your hand up for a minute. Keep your hand up. That is amazing that this many of us know someone who's not in the kingdom of God yet, but needs to be, okay? And that's amazing that we have, we're that strongly connected to people who aren't. I love that about our church. Now, now here's the question, and, and we have to be transparent here and, and honest. I'm gonna play along too. Um, how many of us, when we think about actually sharing the gospel with them, get nervous and insecure? I'm raising my hand, okay? Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's just part of it. And the reason why I get nervous and is because I, I want people to like me, and I don't want them to think I'm, I'm you know, one of those weird pastors. And, 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 uh, but, but, but I need to grow in that, okay? As I think we all need to grow at that. But as we share the gospel, that takes a little 
courage. Now, our only motivation to share the gospel is not going to be shame. You know, it's not somebody up here, you know, shaming us or, you know, putting us on this guilt trip that, you know, and I haven't, I haven't heard this, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And I'm like, that is not true. It's like, and it came from, you know, a pastor that naturally that I really respect, but he said, you know, there are some people out there who won't experience the gospel because we won't share it with them. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Our God is way bigger than that, okay? God can choose to bring whoever he wants into the kingdom of God. And so, so we're not gonna shame or guilt anybody, okay? But, but the motivation, our motivation of sharing the gospel should be that, 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 that Jesus should be our, 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 um, our ultimate desire. And when we, you and I truly taste and see that the Lord is good and he becomes our desire, then that desire to know him and make him known grows and cannot be contained. So that's where we're heading this morning. Philippians chapter one. Let's look at Paul's contagious uh, or courage that is contagious this morning. Now, now, Paul, he's writing to the church in Philippi, Okay. Um, and he's writing this about 10 years after he uh, helped start, helped launch, helped birth this church. And, and we find that story in Acts chapter 16. And now Paul is in a Roman prison, uh, a prison in Rome, probably chained to uh, uh, a Roman guard. And he's writing this letter to the people that he loves so much. Okay, so chapter one, verse 12 says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Now, let's stop right there. I mean, how in the world can this be Paul's attitude? He's been tortured, he's been beaten, he's been thrown in prison, falsely accused. And he says, hey, I want you to know that what's happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. And this kind of attitude comes from, from tasting and experiencing Jesus Christ and Jesus being his ultimate desires we're gonna see in just a moment. But what if that becomes our mindset? What if that was our mindset that when we went through a difficult time or impossible situation, you know, uh, you know maybe it's a season of unemployment and, and, you know, somebody comes along and says, man, how are you doing with all this? And you just be honest, say, hey, I'm not doing real well. Okay, I, I don't like this. I really need a job. But I'll tell you something really strange is what's happened to me is actually causing the gospel to advance. I'm able to share about God being provider in some miraculous ways with my friends and, and family members, and it's just causing them to want more of Jesus. What if this was our mindset when we sat in the doctor's office? And we face kind of an impossible diagnosis and we're sitting there and yes, we don't like it. We don't want to go through this. But as people are checking in on us and say, hey, how are you doing? You're like, well, I don't really like this season of my life and I really want to get on the other side of this. But I got to tell you, somehow, some way, God is using this to advance the gospel. And I'm sitting there in the chemo room with, you know, with my other chemo mates and, and I'm, I'm reading my scripture. I'm sharing scripture. I'm taking prayer requests. We're talking about what we talked about at church. I, I, I'm praying with them. I'm praying for them. They're putting their faith in Jesus. They're getting re-involved, you know, re, uh, re, you know, re plugged in back to their into their churches. The gospel's just going forth. The nurses are, they're just, they're, they're like, they can't believe what's happening there. It's like revival's breaking out. Again, I don't want to be here, but some Somehow, some way, God is using this to advance the gospel. What if that was our attitude? 
Man, so how, how, I mean, that, that you know, and I'm reading that this week. I'm like, I need to spend some time journaling just about this one verse and saying, God, how can this be my attitude? Because that's really, just being honest, that's not my first inclination. My first inclination is to full-on panic mode. All right, and that's where I kind of camp out for a while. So anyway, let's move on. Verse 13, as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. So in other words, I, I, everybody knows I haven't done anything. I haven't broken the law. I haven't committed a crime. They know I'm here because of Jesus. And because of my chains, most of the bro- my brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. So, so Paul is saying, hey, I know I'm in prison, but rest assured, the gospel is not going to stop. It's going to move forward. And I, I'm sharing the gospel with, with the, the Roman guards who are chained to me. I mean, talk about a captive audience, okay? Talk about a preacher's dream here. The guy can't go anywhere. He's chained to me and I'm just preaching to him and they rotate guards every six hours and so I'm just preaching to a new one every six hours. And I'm sharing the gospel while I'm in here and Paul, Paul's in prison, but the gospel's going out, the gospel's going forward, the gospel is still making an impact. Now, why is he writing this to the church of Philippi? He's writing it because they have a big fear. Well, what's their biggest fear? Their biggest fear is, hey, if we keep talking about Jesus, we're gonna end up like Paul. We're gonna end up arrested and beaten and tortured and thrown in jail. And so they have this fear that they're gonna end up like Paul. And so Paul writes to them and he says, hey, because of what's happening to me, everybody, all the brothers and sisters, all the Christians here in Rome have become more confident in the Lord and and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel. So Paul's ultimate desire to know Jesus and make him known is why he can push through any barricade the world throws at him. You see, nothing spurs our faith on more than seeing other people live out their faith. That's why it's so important that we be in community because there are gonna be days, there's gonna be weeks, there's gonna be seasons of life that your walk is gonna inspire my walk. That, that, that your faith is gonna inspire so many other faith. It's gonna spur one another on and make us be more courageous because what we see here is that, is that Paul's courage is contagious. That we don't gather here on Sundays to make us feel better about ourselves for the next six days, but we're here this morning that, so that we can taste and see that the Lord is good and, and, and to grow in our desire to know him and to make him known. And that desire would become our ultimate desire like it has become Paul's. And when that happens, our courage that stems from that becomes contagious. So Paul's courage is contagious. Second is Paul's courage is confident in opposition. Look at, look at verse 15 through 18. Said, it is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But what does this matter? 
The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, I will continue to rejoice. Now, Paul separates these people into two different groups. One group preaches, preaches Christ out of motivated by Christ's love for them and their love for other people. And then this other group preach, preach Christ out of selfish ambition. You see, this group that preaches Christ out of selfish ambition, what Paul is talking about, he's talking about a group of people that heard that, that Paul's in prison and they're going after his followers. Okay, they wanna become more popular. They wanna get more likes. They wanna get more clicks. And so they're saying things that sound a lot like the gospel. They're saying things that sound like, like they're really, really spiritual. They're saying things that sound like they're right. But, but if you listen for more than their 59 second, you know, uh, Instagram video, what we see, what we hear is that they're not preaching the same gospel at all. Okay. And not only was this happening in Paul's day, but it still happens in ours. And so they're talking all this trash about Paul. They're spreading all these lies and all these half-truths and they're stirring up trouble. But listen, Paul doesn't care. Paul is like, well, Jesus is being talked about and God can and God will use it for his good. And Paul has this insane confidence. And here's the reason why, because he knows how it ends. He knows that Jesus wins, amen? Yeah, y'all need to warm up a little bit. He knows that Jesus wins. Now, okay, let let me do a better job. Let me do a better job. It's kind of like the difference between watching the Dallas Cowboys live and watching them after you DVR the game, but you know how the game ends up. Okay, take last week. They're playing the Commanders slash Redskins, okay? Division rivalry. These two teams have hated each other like since, since, since the beginning. And, uh, and we know that the Cowboys have a deep history of disappointing us at the end of the season, right? And there's a lot riding on this, on this game last week because we all know that if the Cowboys win, they get home field advantage throughout the playoffs up until the conference uh, championship. And so it's an important game. Now, if you're watching this game live last week, okay, and... And this happens, okay? See, let's see. Vaughn Martin, two good plays from him on this drive, and it's fourth and long. 32 yard attempt from Auburn. It's up and it's. Oh my gosh! Washington scoops it up. What? They were doing this again? Oh my. I knew, I knew this was going to happen. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Are you crazy? Do your blocks! I mean, so. That's kind of what happens. I'm giving you an insight into my household. You may not come back to this church after this. But it's like, I mean, you go ballistic. I mean, here we go again. Another cowboy disappointment. Then you kind of collect yourself, okay? You know, your wife has told you, hey, you need to calm down. You're scaring everybody. The neighbors can hear you kind of deal. Um, and so you're like, okay, you know, it's still early in the game. We still got time. Okay, it's seven to seven. The, you know, the commanders, they, they score, they tie it up. Next drive, here we go, okay? Based on those numbers you just saw. And... Second down, chipped in the air. Oh my gosh! And I think it's Martin again. It is. Here we go. Here we go again. I mean, <laughs> that's what happens when you're watching it live. 
But if you were watching this game that night and you had recorded it and you know how the, cow- the Cowboys won, secured home field advantage, when that block kick happened or that interception, do you get upset? No. Why? Because you know how it ends. Now, what if this could become our mindset and how we live our lives? What if when the doctor's report comes back, yes, it may not be good, but we know who wins in the end. And so if if God heals, that's great. But if he chooses not to, I know how this ends. I know I will be with Jesus forever. That season of unemployment, that, that, that season of, of rejection, that season of whatever. What if we could go through life knowing, just knowing in our heart and our mind, hey, we know how this ends. We know who wins in the end. Jesus, and that's why community is so important to remind us, gospel-centered community, to remind us, hey, 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 I'm gonna pray for you and I wanna encourage you, but I wanna remind you, Jesus wins. Jesus wins. And then we have the courage to walk through that. See, as a result, man, we, knowing that we can be confident even in the midst of opposition. And if you and I are willing, if you and I are willing, opposition will cause our faith to grow stronger. Opposition will cause our faith to get stronger. All of us are going to experience difficulties. All of us are going to experience hardships, but we can do it with confidence of knowing that Jesus wins in the end. Last point, Paul's courage comes from Christ. Look at verse 19 through 26, and then we're done. Paul writes, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet, what shall I choose? I I, I don't know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. So that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. So what Paul says, to summarize what he just said, he says, hey, I know how this ends, guys. I know that Jesus wins. And and, and if I live, I'm going to live for Christ. But if I die, I'm gonna be face to face with Christ, but, but I have a feeling that I need to keep, that I need to live so that you would be rooted more and more in the gospel and that your faith and your joy will grow. And so basically what we've created for ourselves is a win, win, win situation. And Paul says that he has this desire. He says, I have this desire to be with Christ. That word desire, it literally means epic desire. Epic desire, 
ultimate desire, supreme desire. It's my number one desire on a list of no other desires. It's this deep yearning to be in the presence of Jesus that comes from experiencing Jesus. And Jesus is the source of Paul's courage. And Jesus is the source of our courage. Now, Paul, he's got to be the most frustrating person to his opponents when you think about it. The most frustrating person to his opponents. Because, I mean, they're, you know, his opponents, the people who are against him, you know, they arrest him and they say, listen, Paul, you've got to stop talking about Jesus. And Paul's like, nope, won't do it. Won't do it. Okay, Paul, then you force this. We're going to put you in prison. Great, I'll start a prison ministry. People in jail need to hear about Jesus too. I'll preach to all the inmates. Well, you're not going to be, we're not going to put you, we're going to put you in solitary confinement and we're going to, we're going to chain you to a Roman guard. Great. I know you guys do six hour shifts. I'll preach to the Roman guard every six hours. Bring it on. I mean, it's just so frustrating. Okay, Paul, fine. We're, we're, then we're going to beat you and we're going to torture you. He goes, great. It would be a joy to suffer for my king because my king has suffered for me. Okay, then Paul, then we're just going to let you live. Great, I'll live for Christ and I'll have fruitful labor for it because my epic desire is Jesus. Okay, Paul, we're just going to kill you then. How do you like that? Great, I'll get to be face to face with Jesus. What else you got? I mean, he's got to be the most frustrating guy to his opponents. But the more you and I get to know Jesus, the more we enjoy Jesus and the more courage Jesus will stir up in us. The band's gonna come and they're gonna lead us into this song. But, but as they do, as, as we move through this series, my prayer for me and my prayer for us as a church is that, that we would just taste and see that the Lord is good. And that, that, that's kind of been my prayer is, is you know, we, we, I, we went through the fall and, and getting ready for Philippians and, 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 and getting ready for this series. And my prayer has not be, has, has in no way been we would increase in numbers. My prayer has been that we would just come into this room and taste and see that the Lord is good. And that our desire for him to know him would just grow more and more and more. That our desire to be in his word, not just on Sunday mornings, but throughout the week, reading a few verses a day, putting that in our hearts. Our desire to maybe take some notes and meditate on what does it mean? What does it look like for me that whatever I'm going on in my life, it's just serving to advance the gospel. What would it look like for me to want to know him more? What, what would it look like for us to put ourselves in environments and situations to, that would just cause us to taste and see that he's good? Because we do that, everything else will take care of itself. So that's, that's my prayer for us. And out of that experience, our desire to know him would grow. And our desire to make him known would grow. And then one day we're sitting at lunch with a coworker and that coworker just kind of unloads, you know, unpacks what's going on in their lives. And you're like, man, you feel it. You're like getting all nervous and sweaty palms. And you're like, man, they just gave me an open invitation here. They said, hey, what can I do? Who can I turn on? I mean, what, 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 
what can I do? And you're just like, oh. okay, here it goes, here it goes. Man, I'm just, I wanna tell you about a time that, that I felt that way and I, I tried a lot of different things, but the only thing that really worked was Jesus. Yeah, I said it, Jesus. And, and, and so I started reading the Bible and I, I started finding out more about how much he loves me and that he lived the life that I can't live and died the death that I deserve. And, and, and I put my faith in him and I stopped trying to be good enough and I just surrendered to, to his love and his forgiveness and I pledged my allegiance to him and put my faith in him and <sighs> panic attack, panic attack, panic attack. Have you ever done that? Would you like to now? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Let our epic desire be for Jesus. To know him and make him known. And let God take care of the rest. Father, thank you so much for the courage that you give us, not based on our performance not based on our past, not based on our potential, but the courage that comes from you.